We are back, everybody, for another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And this week, we have no other than Vicki Verley. I know you know Vicki. Um, she was the owner of Verley's down there on West 46th and Store Avenue. She was in Valkyrie. She's Actually, we're going to hear the whole story of everything that happened all the way back from the very beginning until right now because she's involved in all kinds of new stuff that she's been involved in that not maybe everybody knows about. Since the days of Verley's and since the days of that, she's done all, she's been in, never stopped. So we're going to catch up with everything. Vicki, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. Yeah, man. This is, a, this is exciting. I, uh, people probably don't know us, but back when me and Pat were still in the band scene and stuff, we were played several times at Verley's. And uh, a lot of great stories came out of them. Things we won't get all into our stories. It's not about us. But I'd like to hear when we hear, well, when, well, when we When we tried to get you on, getting you on this whole thing. That's that has a lot to do with it, you know. You have you play a huge part, I think, in a lot of people's uh, musical upbringings through the years here, decades and decades of what happened there. And um, let's get into all that though. Okay. So, real quick, what are you doing right now? How how are things going for you now? How's what's what's going on with Vicky right this minute? Well, musically, I'm doing a lot. I just started releasing some solo stuff um, because it's so easy to now, you know. It's just like and with the technology. You don't really need a band. I don't need a band necessarily. I mean, I like playing with band. I go to I go to jam nights. I still like to mix it up with other people, but I haven't been in a band for a real long time, and I kind of like it that way, you know. And I I've been starting to release some solo stuff. I released a solo kind of new age album, and I got a lot of things in the work. I'm gonna just keep releasing music, and it's not about oh I'm still trying to make it at age 60 almost, you know. It's more like maybe don't die with your music still in you, you know. I've just got tons and tons of stuff. Why not put it out there? It's not about if anybody else is going to like it or not. It's just like, here, I wrote this. I wrote this. <laughs> how do you write? How, how does it come about? Like, what's well, the? You know, I'm real into the spiritual stuff. I don't usually tell my rock friends about my spiritual life and that because I don't like being preached at. Or, and it's not, I'm not a preachy person. But no I, one's here to preach, I swear. Exactly. I promise. But I get downloads. I really do get downloads. And I realize now that I've been getting downloads all along. That's what you call them, downloads. That's what I call them. Yeah. I see, I see. That's pretty cool. I like well, that. Well, I always knew, I always said, it. I, I wasn't writing it. It was coming through me, not from... Conduit, like, most yeah, of the more exactly. type things. Like, like, Conduit is a very good term. I like that. So are you... So are you Describe what somebody who doesn't know what you do. What 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 kind of music would you would you say well, this I is? I do everything, and I like to mix it up with all different kinds of people. You know, I go to the jams, and I play. It's a blues jam. Where do you usually go? Where are some of the places well, you like to go to? Since the pandemic, it's been hit and miss of yeah. who's opening up again. You know. Um, but Brothers has a great jam. I used to love the Parkview was my home base jam for many, many years because they had the Hammond B3 with the Leslie's, or there's a C3, excuse me. But it was set right up so you didn't have to lug one piece of equipment and you just, just go come in there and, and go play. Crazy. And, Hell yeah. And, you know, you get to play with a lot of different people. And I really, and that's one of the things I love doing at Verley's Post in the jam because I got to play with different people. But even back in the day, like my first. Um, some of my first bands were, when I was a teen, were probably more hard rock and even metal. You know, I definitely have mixed it up with a lot of the metal players over the years. Well, they're all like my age, the Cleveland metal guys. Yeah, the know. guys that started it all off, yeah, basically. Yeah, I was right in there with them, but the keyboards wasn't really... A, I was doing Valkyrie around that time, I would say. Um, but, you know, even when I was doing Valkyrie and Zen was a band, my first original band before that, and was metal, hard rock. And I would still go to the blues jams. 
you know, and I would play because I like to let other people, you know, I like to mix. I think I get bored fast. I think that's my problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's a, you have a lot of energy. I don't think anyone's ever said that you, you're low, you lack energy. Well, and you, you take on a lot of endeavors and you do a lot of different things because you have all this energy. You might as well. And you have fun with stuff. You do you do things that are fun, right? I mean, that's what you do. You get involved with things that you're going to have at the end of the day. It's going to be a fun thing. Experience. Moment. Yeah, exactly. experience. And you do it with a lot of different people. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the fact that you had the bar, the Verleys thing, you were, that really opened up the, the whole spectrum of, of people that were now available to you because you met so many. And and Definitely interesting thing about Verleys was um, there was like a recording studio like upstairs, wasn't there? How, explain a little bit how that all worked. Well, yeah. Sort of makeshift recording studio, yeah. Uh, in, we had this upstairs apartment, which back in the day, some of my bands even practiced there when it was just a corner bar, basically. Yeah, so what we did, well, we first we started, we were going to do all this multi-tracking, and I think the early days there was some multi-tracking, and then we're just like, you know what? Two room mics, drilled holes in the ceiling. <laughs> I mean, this is so cool, though. But it sounded good. I mean, yeah. some of those tapes sounded really, really and, and well. And didn't some bands come play, and then you would pay them but with the recording yeah. of their gig, right? Yes, we did that. Brilliant. I always I thought, I, every time I ever hear that, I was like, now, see, that's brilliance right there. And some drink tokens, too. Because bands needed, because, <laughs> the important <laughs> drink tokens, smart. But, I mean, bands needed something like this. Yeah. You know, you provided the, uh, every band with the opportunity to have a recording of their gig which everybody wanted something like that, but and 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 all you had to do was come play here. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was I always thought brilliant idea. Well, also we and then later I started doing the videos and posting the videos of the bands on, uh, and I got a lot of the bigger a lot of when I first started out a lot of bands were like eh, no I don't know and then when I started doing videos, I was I think I was one of the first people to put live band videos on YouTube. It was back in 06 and 07. Yeah, right when it all kind of was starting. And uh, peep then some of these bands that at first were like oh I don't know it's too small or the neighborhood's too bad. I heard that plenty of times, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but they were like, oh, you're doing videos? I mean, maybe we'll, we'll, you want to still want us to play? <laughs> you know? now, they say, you know, say about the neighborhood of that place or anything, but you didn't really have issues, did you? Did you have a lot of problems yourself over there? or? Well, you know, like people used to say, once you got in the door, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was the coming the surrounding and area and, and getting there. I, You know, this is another little bit of my woo-woo, you know, spiritual stuff. But I always felt, because it was my grandfather and my parents, you know, it was my family, generations. Right, handed down. And, um, you know, I always felt like there was like a kind of a protective a shield spirit around, around it almost. You know, like yeah. It's a protective spirit of our, not only our family that have passed on, but... A lot of the old-time regulars, like my grandfather and his friends upstairs playing poker. You know, they would have poker games upstairs. And that same place that you're talking about that was eventually became a recording studio, was a practice place, you know. Yeah, it was like you had alcohol. That place was just a music. It It was like we serve alcohol. But... You know, we all we do we do music we do music. Oh, by the way, we have alcohol too. Is what it was really like. It was it was a really a cool place for music. It was it was an institution. Is what it kind of was. It was small, like you said. It wasn't a real huge place to go. You couldn't pack 300, 400 people in there. <laughs> Which we did. Trust me, we've done. Just you just go on. You just go up. And outside. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean. It was such an institution. Uh-huh. It was very sad when it closed. I think a lot of us, I remember Pat, I think was the one actually said, hey, did you hear Burley's closed? We were very sad. It was sad. Aww. Sad. Well, I think a lot of people were. Thank you. And thank you for that because that was kind of my aim. It was my family's bar. For, I grew up I, I grew up in the bar. I was a kid of the bar, you know, popping chips and go play yeah. video, not video, or bowling machine or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. 
Um, and it was always a family place. You know, other people, regulars would bring their families in. We always had family uh, bar picnics. Every, you know, we have everybody, we go down to, by Kitty Park there, the Rocky River Reservation. Oh, yeah. Have, you know, almost every weekend when we were, I was growing up, you know, it was just this huge, like, my extended family, really, you know. But then you got later and, you know, the neighborhood started changing and that and, you uh, what happened, really, why I ended up back down there was my brother passed away, sadly. And uh, my mom was down there by herself, and neighborhood's getting bad. And it was still just basically a neighborhood bar. Although my bands would play there. When we practiced upstairs, like you're saying, oh, we, I traded off, I did the barter for the gigs. Yeah. Well, we they did a barter for the practice uh, area. We had to play at parties every so often and bring all our friends. Oh, my and birthday that... party was always the biggest one around Christmas. Awesome, year. though. That's great. But getting back to my story, so... Yes, my brother died. My mom's down there by herself. So I was like, ooh, I better go down there. But I was just like, well, if I'm going to be down here five, six nights a week, I'm going to make it into something that I enjoy being here. <laughs> so what, what, what time is this about when you this first This would have been 2004. Over? My brother passed on January 1st of 2004. Okay. But, I mean, I'd been – I'd worked there on it. I've always, right. It was, it's always been a part yeah, of Yeah, but I work. wasn't really involved much until my brother passed away. And I was like, okay. Let's and I go, mom. We're gonna have to do something down here. I mean, I'm not gonna, cause the neighborhood. It was a neighborhood bar, and the neighborhood was, you know, getting a little dicey. So that's kind of there was an element, you know, drug dealers and stuff starting to, you know, I'm just like, no, pop up, yeah. We're changing this vibe right now. <laughs> you know, we're changing everything. I'm gonna bring my music friends down here. We're gonna do something. And to your note, and I'm so honored of the things you were saying about, you know, how I made it such a creative spot and everything, cause that's really what I was after. You did. But uh, to add on to that, one of the bartenders there. Libby gave me the nickname Mama Music, and I always loved that. Oh, like, I, I love it too. That's perfect. And uh, you know, because I wanted to nurture young talents. And being a musician and being in the scene, I know that, you know, well, maybe not so much in the early 2000s, but definitely going back to earlier in my coming up times, finding a place that would allow original bands to play. You know, it was it was hard. There was no places that would allow you. you had to play cover tunes. Yeah, yeah. They wanted the cover tunes, so. Yeah, well, and that's that's still to this day. I mean, to some extent, the way it is. But I think it's changing. I mean, I, I, I like just from us talking to these bands all the time and bringing them on here and stuff. I think the the, the original band scene, the the people that are writing music now, there's a there's a there's a the scene is starting to get some 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 traction. It's never stopped, but it's just having the venues to play at. That's the thing. You know, yes. Pass in the Flats was another kind of great place yeah. similar old corner dive bar down in the inner city like like kind of like for, or even you know i took a lot I'll, I'll say i took a lot of clues from uh the park view from norm definitely yeah. i took a lot of clues from back in the day there used to be a bar on east 21st right by the pd called the rockwell inn i took a lot i'd worked at the rockwell inn off and on you know i so i've I didn't just come, you know, this didn't just fall from the sky. I was picking and choosing from other Experience, things that I yeah. enjoyed and I saw that worked. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was, you had, it had, it had, there's a lot of things about Verlies that had to happen because of the size of the place also. Yeah. You were, you were kind of limited, but that was one of the things that was cool about it because what you didn't do was limit the band's area to play. <laughs> even though, yeah, I mean, even though you had, you didn't have a lot of space, the band always was able to like comfortably play, and, you, and it was always kind of like you were, you were inside that almost pen, like you were like inside yeah. there, and but you had you had enough room. There was five of us yeah. in that band that when we played in there, and we we were in there comfortably. Yeah, it was fun. I liked playing yeah. there actually. I, I really liked class. it. It was fun, and and but but you know, we just seen recently some you know stage pass closed. There's a few bars that have closed recently, and unfortunately it happens. 
Um, Verlizes was was a, another casualty of a, of a time, but the new ones open. Yeah. You know, and and there's a it's a recycling system, and I think the scene is definitely coming back. I really do. I think it never died. I think that there was always tremendous. I'm talking about since the pandemic oh, thing, though. Really, pandemic, that type yeah, of thing more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Well, people are dying to get out again. Even yeah. like you go to Lakewood Park. I remember I used to go to Lakewood Park all the time because it was like hardly anybody there. You can't find a parking space because everybody's like after being locked up, it's like they're they're not gonna. You know, yes. It's like oh, I'll go to the park tomorrow. No, go today. You know, and uh, or. Like I went to the Brothers Jam and you couldn't move in there. It was so packed inside and out. You know, it was actually kind of overwhelming too from being away from it for so long and you know, get a little almost like agoraphobic. It's like it's true. Ah, it, there's I'm been sorry. so much coming at you for so long yeah. about how things are, and then all of a sudden you're around all these people and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I just don't feel the same anymore. It's weird. Um, what? It, wait, okay. So, Vic, so what, at what point do you decide that you want to stop? The whole release thing. It was just getting too much. It was too overwhelming. Um, the area was getting more and more dangerous and more and more violent. And people were really afraid to even just come down there to the neighborhood. And it, I was even, you know, it's a little afraid walking out of there at night. It was a lot of things. It, you know, I just really couldn't carry the torch anymore, you know. And I think probably that was a lot of it. Because right after I came, a year after my I came down to help my mom after my brother died, my mom died too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so there I am, you know. And, and I, I almost... I probably should have closed the bar then when my mom died. I really, in hindsight, but I mean, we wouldn't have had all those great years of music. But everybody's like, no, no, you've got to, you've got it's your family legacy. You got to keep it going. And then I, one day, I kind of just, it, it was like, you know, well, yeah, it might be my family legacy, but every single one of them are dead. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and everyone died at a young age, well, maybe could, because of, partially because of this place. Even, you know? <laughs> oh, that's what I was gonna say. But could you make money? I mean, was it was the bar no, making and money? We weren't making. It was a labor of love completely. Yeah, so I we mean, were like barely breaking even. But that's that was in '08 when everything the economy crashed too. Right, that right, was right, in, right, I closed right. in '08. Yeah, that was that was the final. That, that was, was the it. Straw that both like, forget. Back. I'm done with this, you know. And there was just a lot of lot of chaos, and it was. Um, you know, it was, it was very stressful. I loved that musical time. I really loved it. Yeah, it was great. I wanted to keep it going. I actually was trying to go. I went to the one place I really was trying to get it to go. I wanted to take it all over to the Hard Rock Cafe. They weren't having music bands. The Hard Rock Cafe was not having bands. I know. It was rarely. The craziest thing. And it was, you know, people wouldn't be afraid to go there. It might even be, it's coveted. Get your picture with the Hard Rock sign, you know, on stage behind. And, um, and the room was comparable. The room was comparable. I could have walked. Oh, I had the Monday night open mic uh, singer sort of the Monday night singer songwriter night. I had the Tuesday night acoustic jam night. Uh, I had my my Sunday jam, which was the my killer jam night. I mean, I could have walked my whole crowd over right over and into their into their place, you know. And um, I had I was in contact then. It was MySpace still. You know, and I was in contact with all kinds of bands through MySpace. You know, I could have, I could have had that place booked and packed, and they just, they weren't having it. They just didn't want to no do it. Kidding. They weren't having it. I even said, you know, I'll do it on a, a trial basis if you want. You don't just even to have to pay me. Just show you that I can, I'm yeah. not bullshitting. I'll do it for a percentage of the of the bar. And they still didn't have no. You know what they ended up saying to me, and this is, I don't know if this is a little bit of dirt, but what they ended up saying to me was, we're really all about the pins, and I was just like. The rock, or the hard rock cafe is all about. The, which, if, if you're not familiar, I didn't know what what she was talking about. They, there's these pins that you collect from each city, like little pins for like your code and stuff. So they were more about collecting pins than actually having live music. 
what the yeah, hell does that, that even mean? Pretty, I know. pretty bizarre. Pretty <laughs> well, bizarre. they're they're closed now too. So yeah, there you go. go. What do they know? <laughs> About your about your younger years, like how do you get involved with the keys and 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 I'm sure it starts with piano. I'm I'm a suit and doesn't. It starts with organ. I've always okay. played the organ since day one, uh, because my mom and dad used to go out uh, to hear a guy called Lenny D, who was this organ player, and um, he you know, he played with a little beatbox organ. He has albums out. If anybody cares to find him, you can look. Really, him up. he's still I around. Think, They're still doing. I don't know if he's still living. Oh, but I he. Oh, sure, I got you. I got you. There's records of him. You I can you. find. You can hear the music. You know. So he was like a solo, like kind of loungy entertainer. Cool. And my mom and dad thought that Lenny D was the shit. <laughs> So they had like you had albums in the house and stuff well, of Lenny. My dad, that... well, he was always a tinkerer, you know, and he he was actually before they bought the bar, he was going to be an engineer, you know, he was going to school and he was a, he had a plane, he would he had a, his pilot's license, you know, he was always real technologically oriented. So he got this kit and he built an organ from a kit, a Thomas organ, and it was in our house because so, I wanted to play drums. Drums was my. How long kit. did it take your dad to build a ki- oh, an God, organ out of a kit? A, and what year would this have been? In the 70s, or maybe even the late 60s. So this thing was it. mailed to your house? Is that what it was? I they think. mailed this kit to your house? I remember, wow. like, electronic circuits and him He was, like, s- no soldering stuff yeah, together? it was a kit. And it was, <laughs> it lit up. You could light up the keys. And, like, the left, there was a lower thing, top, you know, two keyboards and then the bass pedals. And the lower one lit up with colors, like, I think it was, like, F, G, and C chords. So it would like maybe green was F A C would light up and it would say F A C on it each and then you could light up the top every note would line up and actually from that I taught myself how to read music because of that light up keyboard but it was you know and then my my but this was interesting I thought about this recently thinking about Lenny D and how my parents thought he was the greatest you don't even need a band and I'm just and then as I got it to be a teenager I'm like dude I'm not gonna go out there with my little organ beep I need a band you know <laughs> it was I was like so you know you're a young teenager oh, I'm that's so lame uh but his words have come full circle because here i am now and i don't even need a band yeah right you're doing it like, like we come to this technological point yeah. where that's it's common so he had the thomas organ there and i did learn a lot i learned we had this it came with this book of songs and the light up chords and stuff so i noodled my way and i did learn the basics but i did actually take organ lessons i took organ lessons now and, what does that what does that mean what's the difference like is this like is this like not. It's well, the there, same, it's, there's right? technique. It's technique. You know, there's a sustained pedal, and I used to be oh, pretty yeah. good with my feet with those uh, with those bass pedals. I always would. I when Taurus pedals came out, I always wanted to get one. I'm like, I could play those, but I never did. Uh, but I had Mr. Carino. I took lessons at Di Fiori's Music no West Side Staple. Di Fiori's, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we've talked about Di Fiori's on our show. Somebody was going to do a documentary on it. I, I would love to participate. It could so. be us one day if, if anyone's interested in uh, backing it. We'll we'll record it for there you. There was somebody <laughs> uh, that was doing it. I I submitted my name, but they never got back to me. But yeah, it was such a great place. And then you walk into Di Fiori's, and there's all these different genres of music. And back then, Di Fiori's was really the shit. This is before Guitar Center. This was before you know Sweetwater or any of these places that we have now. The and that was people would come. Like uh, they had the wall. I don't know if you remember De Fiori's. They had the wall. Yeah, I, I my I grew up one, two streets over okay, from De Fiori's. I, I I walked there. We yeah. we used to have a. We talked about it on one of our shows. Me and Pat used to have a practice space upstairs, 24 hours. And when we were in a band with Ed Stevens back in uh, 1987, it was. Yeah. Um, 
Fioris, man. Valkyrie practiced up there too. No years, kidding. Years later, also upstairs too. We had both the upstairs rooms. We had one apartment, then we switched with another band. We had the other apartment. Yeah. So, but Mr. Carino, awesome. and this guy, he had to be like 90 years old then. I love, but Mr. Carino, you know, he definitely was my son's, my mentor. You know, he would shuffle in in his slippers. He looked like Albert Einstein. He had this wild, long white hair and this big mustache. And his hands were like all knotty from arthritis, really. You know, but he would sit down and he would jam out to me. So I went, I went there for a little while, maybe not even a year. I would go after school because I went to Nathaniel Hawthorne School and then I would walk right over to DeFiori's after school for my lesson. That was like third grade, fourth grade, maybe. And, you know, I was just like, I was that cocky getting into that preteen age. And it's like, you know, I don't want to play uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb. You know, I want to play. So I would get what, what would you What would you going to play? What would you want to play then? Rock. I mean, like, I what were you listening to? Do you know remember. what you're thinking? Like, what do you listen to? What grade are you saying? This is like fourth grade? Third and fourth grade, I think. I went to lessons there, yeah. And you're, and you're, and you're jamming, like, what? Like, is Boston out then? Well, like, yeah. But is I think it, I did like have the then? sheet music to buy whatever the sheet music was. Okay. So I get the I buy the sheet music and then he would teach me how to play it. But already I was playing it by ear more, you know. And it was this is something funny because he would play it strictly by reading what was on the page, and he was playing it different than the record. So I would correct it. But he would sit down <laughs> and he would jam with me. He'd get on. He, he had an organ on one side of the room and a piano on the other, and he'd get on the piano, and he'd be like, I'd be playing some rock song, and he'd be like throwing in this boogie woogie, you know, piano cool, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, Mr. Carino, rock on. Do you remember stuff like that now? Do you ever do you ever pull from things, the memories like that? And <sighs> is it like in? Is it like you ever feel stuff like that's now trapped in you? And you're Maybe. like, you it's part of your DNA you. now, your oh, musical yeah. DNA. You well, he's definitely my uh, one of my musical spirit guys. I doubt he's still alive. He had to be 89, something close to 90 years old. Then I think he was 89 at the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, time. he's definitely. Well, he'd be the oldest person in the world. One. <laughs> Wait, music keeps you young. You never know, right? <laughs> awesome answer. You got me on that. Look one. at Mick Jagger. You know? Yeah. Right. Ricky what's Richards. up with what? what What's, what do you think is up with Mick Jagger? What? I don't know. What do you mean? I mean, like... Well, how, they're so... Well, I mean, like, is there is there any other human being on the planet that does what Mick Jagger does? No, I don't... Is he, like, the only person... What are you saying? Is he an alien or what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like actually, I just saw this thing yesterday. They're like, Ozzy's trying to get back on the stage. I'm like, okay, there's another one. Yeah. There's two of them. Like, like what is... I'm, I just saw some, some footage of the Stones. Like it's hard to tell Jagger from like 1982 to now. They have good plastic surgeons, probably. But he's still moving, <laughs> and yeah, still doing all the yeah. stuff, and he's still he's still doing the Jaggerisms, all the stuff that Mick does. I I, I I'm inspired. He's the best. He's, he's the greatest. Yeah, then maybe I got another 20 years in me. Yeah. Holy mackerel! You know what? You know the thing about Mick Jagger that people can't you just keep forgetting is how many of like the greatest have lived and died. Lived, died, lived, died. And that dude was inspiring those people. Yeah. And their whole lives are already started and over, and he's out touring. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I just, I Or maybe it's, I don't know. He has a lot of young women. Maybe that does it for him. I wouldn't, I don't know. So let's go back. Let's go back. So yeah. you're doing, you're doing the organs. You got the lessons. Yeah. And, and you, at some point. I want to rock. Yeah. You're going to, you got to, you, the only way to do that. You meet other people. You gotta have a drummer. You gotta have a guitar yeah. player. So where do you meet so these my people? My first band. I don't even. I can't even tell you how I met them. It wasn't through an ad. I think it was through some mutual friends. But my first band was called The Tracks. A lot of times it, we were just a three piece because we couldn't find a bass player, and uh, so it was a guitar player and his drummer brother. 
those were the two guys. And then I came in with my keyboard, my Farfisa organ now. I, I moved up to the Farfisa <laughs> organ. <laughs> Slowly inclined. Well, we ended up at my house getting a, diff- a second Thomas organ when I outgrew that one, one of these big horseshoe organs with two octaves of bass pedals. Ooh. And I do remember playing Carry On My Wayward Son riff on my feet. do 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 and you're, and you're doing all the up. Wow, <laughs> cool. So anyway, so this band comes along. I got my, which I bought at DeFiori's on payments from DeFiori's, my Farfisa used so organ that I get from DeFiori's. And um, we're playing, and we played, and we worked. Uh, Matt was the guitar player's name. He was a little older. I was 13 then. So we're fast forward, I'm 13 years old. He was 18 or 19. And his drummer brother was like my age too, Chris. So and um and so I, we don't have bass players half the time and I'm playing left hand bass on my Farfisa organ. So you're doing like you're doing like the Doors. You're doing oh, you're playing yeah. bass with your left hand and doing everything else on yeah, your right hand. Yeah. Did you, are you doing like any backup vocals at this point oh, I was too at the same lead time? A lot. So you're doing like the lead vocals Everybody's on a lot of these. Singing lead. Uh, you know we had. So you're all changing parts, but but when you're not singing lead, you're also doing backup vocals for the lead. I don't know that we were that advanced that we even did harmonies. I don't don't, don't think we did. I sang Zeppelin, Rush, um, Queen. I used to sing Tie Your Mother Down. You guys were playing all that stuff. Yeah, that was one of my favorite songs to do was Tie Your Mother Down. I used to sing that one, I remember. I wasn't a great singer. I've never been. I don't consider myself a lead singer. But I, I like to do harmonies. I like backups, but we we sucked, basically. I mean, but well, we, it was your first band, though, right? I mean, this well, is the f- we worked. He booked us gigs everywhere. We played college, uh, a lot of college, like, frat parties. We played down in Kent all the time, Ratskill and Kent. We played bars. I was 13 years old playing in bars. No kidding. We played wow, at Tennessee's, the so Outside your whole, Inn. Your whole childhood is just, like, bars and that scene, and that's what you know. Yeah. I definitely cool, grew though, up in it. Right? You are, you're, you're, like, you're like the connoisseur. Are you going to write that book oh. eventually? People have you know, asked you this so before. It's so funny because my mom and my brother always said we got to write a book about all the tales from well, Your whole life. I mean, like, but think about how unique, like, to you, it's your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say people know what they know. The worst thing that's ever happened to somebody is the worst thing that's ever happened to somebody, yeah. that kind of thing. And your life is what a lot of people, you know, never – it's rare, right? I mean, like, would you say, like, growing up, talking to other people now, you're like, yeah, not many people have grown up the way I have. Yeah, maybe. I guess it's just that's like what you makes said, things interesting. Right, all you, it's all I knew. So yeah, so we're playing around, we're playing around, and we made money. You know, I'm a 13 year old, 13, 14 ish, maybe maybe even into 15. We were in the, we were together for a few years. You know, and I've got a lot of money in my pocket. I went to every single concert that came to town. I, you know, I upgraded my I got my first string machine. You know, and I had a I upgraded my equipment definitely. I went to every concert. I always had pot. You know, I had money for pot. I had money <laughs> money for shows, money for clothes. I was definitely a clothes horse. You know, All so I was living the life. You know, it was great. It's like I'll never get a day job. Dun dun dun. Yeah, <laughs> right. Reality. And, yeah. So then I get into high school. I don't know what happened with that band. We broke up eventually. I get into high school, and the big band at John Marshall, which we were just talking about, the big high school band, the big cool band in high school was Lost Horizon, you know, and word gets out, they're looking for a keyboard player. So I'm in art class with one of the guitar players is in my art class, and I'm, I'm telling him, I'm going, yeah, I, I play keyboards, I play keyboards. He, he blew me off for like months and months and months till I finally broke, I broke him, and he said, all right. You can come to practice, but we're playing a gig. They used to play at the Pirates Cove. We're playing a gig at the Pirates Cove Saturday, and don't think you're going to play at that gig. I'm like, that's cool. Just hear me. Just let me play. Let me come. So I came in. I knew every single song. You were ready. I, I played that gig. That's uh-huh, it. They were like, all right. And then we stayed together for several years, too. And Excellent. Then we played a bunch of stuff. That band was huge. We had two drummers. 
uh, three guitar players, a bass player, singer, and then me. So it was like, why do you think you had all them? But you don't remember? Well, like, they were already a band before yeah, they added they, me. And they just had a real problem with kicking people out. I guess or something. <laughs> I don't know. There's three of the members from Lost Horizon. Uh, me, one of the drummers, Bill Steary, and Justo Sabarit, who still plays around Cleveland, too. He's a big Latin guy now. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Really. But back then, Justo was Mr. Metal. He even dressed it all in leather and everything. So we were going to do, we wanted to do originals. So we broke away from Lost Horizon and we, we, we formed Zen. Well, it wasn't Zen yet. We just were writing songs. And then we got Barry Kwasney on board and he, we came up with the name Zen, spelled X-E-N for some reason. Well, you that was Barry's thing. I don't know why. Well, because because uh, Zen can axes can be Z yeah. sounding to be different, I guess. Yeah, right, right. And okay. that band was really cool, and we actually got a lot of airplay on college radio and stuff back then. A large part due to a guy named Jim Clevo, another John Marshall alumni who's since passed away too. But back then, he was down at WCSB, and um, he played our music all the time. We were on the radio all the time with our originals. Jim he had a uh, interview show similar to this, but it was a radio show, and it was called In Town Sound, and we were featured on that twice. We were on In Town Sound, and Jim Clevo was a huge advocate back in the, in those days. This was probably the late 70s, going into maybe the very early 80s. He was a huge advocate for the Cleveland music scene, and he ended up doing other stuff later. He had that place at Cam's Corner, and I mean, I think till the day he passed, he was still, you know doing all this stuff, but Jim Clevo helped us out tremendously. We had great times. I remember we played this huge festival called the Party Till You Puke and Freakers Ball <laughs> Festival. That's my big Zen memory, but it was like, oh my God, we were on this huge stage and there was this field and there was like hundreds of people oh, there. Oh, cool, cool. It, I mean, the stage was taller than me on the ground and I just remember like, ah, uh, this is what I want. That's when it really was like, this is what I want to do, and maybe I can really do it, you know. So the band's then. Now, would you describe this as like a, a, a tr kind of a traditional rock band with with keyboards or like poppy type stuff, or is this more like prog type stuff? Well, it was hard rock and metal, but I definitely I think, like, like 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 in '79. What's metal? Well, Judas Priest. I know Husto oh. was into Judas Priest big time. That was a UFO. Judas Priest. Okay, so that's what you're doing. Sabbath. But Prague for sure. So, it's, so it, is, it does have a, the Prague thing going. Because of me, right? You know, I, I always bring that. This is what I'm. This is what I'm trying yeah. to get at is that when you add the keyboard to the heavy metal mm -hmm. in the '70s, it's yeah. Prague. I mean, there's yeah. no, there's not very many other bands doing keyboards that don't have that Prague rock type thing going. But so still had the Farfisa. <laughs> but you guys are writing your own stuff though, in Zen. Oh yeah, it's all original. All original. Right. So, Huge stage show. Barry was not afraid to go out and. He had lights. The, he had the lights and everything. Oh, we had like a pyramid that fog would come oh, out no of it. Shit. I mean, like totally spinal tap. <laughs> no, <laughs> spinal tap. Yeah, That's the, great. In, uh, uh, oh. We had this one song called Tripping. I had my keyboard solo. This is the first time I did a, a, my own keyboard solo. Rick Wakeman, you know. Oh, cool. I went to saw I went and saw Yes in concert and my life in, in the round and my life changed. I've heard I had of course I've heard Yes, but I never saw him in concert. When I saw Rick Wakeman with his cape, that was it. I was wearing the cape. 
<laughs> I was no sitting down before that plank. I was standing up. I was wearing the cape. And the guys the guys in Zen, they were calling me Vic Wakeman. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, you know, that I just that broke me wide open. You know, it was just like, yeah. Vic so you're playing those over-the-top keys at this point where that's like, yeah, I oh. Think I, I still had the Farfisa. We re-released some Zen stuff recently. A, a label in Greece re-released a, a, our CD for us on a, a European label. And I was listening to it again not too long, just a few years ago. And that, that Farfisa, oh my God. But I, you know, I loved it back then because it cut through, but it was very whiny sounding, but it cut through. Um, but I, by then I had my RMI, I had an RMI electric piano and I'd started by then I was running um, stomp pedals through it. I had a flanger, a phase shifter, echoplex, um, and one other like these different, I had, so I had ran the RMI through all these pedals and stuff too. And then I think I had my Moog satellite by then <laughs> and uh, ARP string machine, you know, I was, Building my building my rig, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And those days, those things weighed a ton. I think the RMI weighed a couple hundred pounds, maybe, or at least a hundred. I think it was heavy. Well, the other thing I'm thinking about too is in those days too. This is very much a man's world that you're playing in, right? Like you're like you're like 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 there's very few like females doing. I mean, there's there's vocalists and stuff like that, but actually getting in there and playing like what you're doing. So tell me a little bit about that at that time. Like, what, what, what was that like a little well, bit? Well, I definitely encountered stuff like, well, just like the story about yeah, you trying just, to get, but the art class. you know, Just, I, just getting a gig. Just because just I was a, a girl, a I was on it. I think that's probably Dismissed, why. yeah. I, but I, it was Michael Murray, and I love you, Michael Murray, if you're watching. I don't, I don't hold it against <laughs> right, you. Right, well, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he was. knows, I'm sure. And he never heard me play. When I heard me play, then I was in. Uh, but, yeah, the, it, it was somewhere in there, before Zen, I was in this original band. This guy was putting it together, and it was going to be an all-girl band. Uh, but we weren't really able to find a lot of girl mu- musicians, instrumentalists then. So then it was going to be fronted by girls, and then we were going to have a guy drummer. I don't remember what it was, but there was this one time, okay, this story. Uh, we're auditioning guitar players, okay? So it was like this open cattle call. There was just one after the other, and Tony, Tony's the guy's name. He says, you're going to have to play with them because you'll be playing with them. You decide who you vibe with and who you like. I'm like, great, sounds good. So they're all coming through. I'm playing with all of them, and there was two that really stood out. One, because she was so great. She knew all the same songs as me. We were jamming together. We were playing. I remember playing like fog hat songs with her and cool, stuff. Cool, yeah, right. And she's, well, she could play lead. I mean, she could really play. And I was just like, oh, you know, I know. after that, it was just like, I know who I want. You know, it's going to be her. And then there was another one to me that really stood out, too, because she was very, not very good, very beginner, playing, trying to play like Stairway to Heaven, putting her hand, ding, 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 <laughs> ding. That was her tryout. Ding, ding, ding. You know, it's just like, oh, please move on. You know, but her, then her boyfriend was with her, and he played with me, and we were jamming. So they all leave. The auditions are over, and we're all sitting around talking. Because there was two other girls. There was a girl singer, and then there was another girl singer who played flute really well. She was, like, tall. out. You know, so they could have had the potential to be a really cool band. And, and, um, so everybody leaves. We're talking. I'm going, well, I know who I want. And they're like, yeah, it's, I know who I want. They wanted that girl that couldn't play because she was really pretty and cute. Oh, she had look. Yeah. And they're going, well, the boyfriend will teach her the songs. I'm just like, oh, but what about her? And they, But she was a little bit, you know, probably now I would say, you know. Homely. More. I know you don't want to be mean. Homely, but I, I mean, but you know how they get that. Just that more, is. you know. Uh, she was just a little bit on the masculine side maybe, you know. And But she wailed, you know. And it was just like, so we could help her with hair and makeup if that's going to be an issue. You know, that's, I, that was my thinking. So but I quit that band right then. The end of that session, I never came back after that. That was it. Yeah, it's like, no. So then, 
So then what happens? So we're in Zen, and Zen's rocking along, and we're doing all this recording and stuff, but it's just kind of, you know how it is with bands. I don't think there was any big moment with Zen where it's like, it's oh, we slowly, hate each other. It's a yeah, slow it's just, burn. And Barry, the singer, he had a family. You know, he had a, a small well, isn't child. Well, isn't that actually what really happens, though, Vicky? Yeah. Is that some people take this very seriously, and some people will start to, mm-hmm. eh. Yeah. And so the ones that... Take it very seriously. They continue on with other bands, and eventually this thing just swallows people up as it goes, right? Right. And it's and now looking back, it's all a learning experience. You know, I don't get caught up in any of that now. If I jam with somebody, it doesn't work out. It's like, cool, we're still friends. Maybe we'll do another project in the future. Correct. Yeah. Just because this doesn't gel or this isn't vibe, you know, I don't let that bother me as much. Uh, but so shortly after that, Barry wanted to, you know, be with his family more. He had a young child, Al, who's like 40 now, <laughs> and. Uh, so they went on, a couple of them went on and did um, another band. They were doing covers, like Judas Priest and stuff. And then they started doing originals, too. And then just right, not long after that, I got into Valkyrie. wasn't very long after that at all. So. And you, was this something you had to try out for? No, this was, on, I do remember how this was a guy from my neighborhood who uh, played guitar. And he says, I know this girl guitar player, and she's wanting to put a female band together. And I was almost didn't want to do it because of that whole other situation. I was like, female bands, that left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, yeah. oh, this isn't some, you know, show. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not it's, as easy as you, you think. I want to jam with real musicians. Yeah, right. You know, I want to really play good music that I love. It's not about what who looks pretty or this kind of stuff, you know. So I was reluctant. But I went anyway. I went over, and it was just me, her, and the drummer at that time. So, but really got me was the drummer. The drum was me, the drummer. She didn't even have her drums there, but she was into all the prog stuff that I did. You know, she was into Genesis with Phil Collins. You know, she was into Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and she was into you know all the stuff that I was, and she could pull it off. I mean, I didn't know any practically any guy drummers that could pull off you know Carl Palmer, yeah, um, right. and you know she's she could pull it off. So she was amazing, and so that's what grabbed me. You know, and at the time, the guitar player was in Texas. She was she moved to Texas, but was moving back to Cleveland. So then, you know, we started practicing, and we went through some member changes. And actually, that original guitar player girl ended up not even being in the final lineup. But um, Valkyrie was special, I will say that. Valkyrie was special, not just because we were all girls, uh, but because, for one thing, we were more seasoned at this time, you know. And some of – I was – every band up till now, I'd been the youngest person in the band always, starting with that 13-year-old. And then I'm still the youngest in Valkyrie. I'm still the youngest person. So they're a little older. They're a little more seasoned. There's a lot of different musical styles coming at us. Like the, you know, the Lost Horizon to Zen transition. We, we all went to the same high school. We all grew up listening to MMS, and you know, so we kind of all had the same musical kind of vibe. It was just, it was an extension of that, you know. Yeah. But this was a really a nice, even a smorgasbord of different styles, different influences. But also, you know, I just want them to be able to play their instruments, and everybody could play their instruments really well, and everybody could sing. We did five-part harmonies. Oh, sweet. You know, that, that makes a huge difference. Man. Oh, and on top of this, you know, intense, progressive music, it was difficult to play. It wasn't no three-chord. Fun stuff, right? It was, to, For me, yeah, very fun. That's fun for me. You know, I, I want to get in and play that challenging stuff. So, And we did a, the huge stage show with the costumes, and we dressed up as Valkyries. And, you know, the stage shows got more and more elaborate, elaborate yeah. and the costumes got better and better, you know. and so Just following the true prog rock thing, you know, where, yeah. like, you, you bring up Genesis a lot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a huge Genesis yeah. fan, too. 
that's exactly their their blueprint was. They Peter started Gabriel off, days. and then Gabriel just became more and more and more. It, it actually broke the band up, and it kind of. Yeah, we were we were doing some touring, and you know we were uh, getting some airplay on college radio. Also, we used to get uh, college airplay radio. Well, so the original drummer left the band because she was having some health issues, um, and so then. We got another drummer who was great. I mean, her and I became really good friends. We always roomed together on road gigs and stuff. But, uh, but she came from more of a lounge background, more of a pop background. Um, and she didn't have a day job. So she was trying to be in two bands, playing in her lounge gig. And we were pra- we practiced a lot. We practiced at least three, day- three nights a week. You know, we were, we were on it. You know, it was, we were really working hard at, at the Valkyrie thing. And so then she goes, well, why don't we just play, why don't you just, we can work lounge and you don't have to work day jobs and we, we'll all be off at the same time. You know, she kind of roped us into it. So we did it. We were doing lounge and we were also doing rock, but we didn't want to drag the name of Valkyrie through the mud. So we went under an alias of North Coast Girls. And then we used to even call ourselves the Corn Toast Girls. So we, <laughs> we, we play and we made money. It was still an era where you could make a living playing money in Cleveland. Without, we, we took road gigs, but we didn't really have to, you know. Right, right. And we would play like some of these lounge. We did lounge, but we also did rock. We played Flashes and, and as a rock gig. But we used to play like the Brown Derby where you do six nights a week, six sets a night. The one on Brook Park Road? We did a lot of them. The one that well, – two of our favorites – well, the Men in Brown Derby on the east side was one of the more rocking Brown Derbies if there's such a thing. <laughs> it was it was sort of – it was borderline rock gig. You know, we, we had fun playing there. Right. But we did the one out at Westgate uh, by – off of uh, – in Rocky River, Fairview there, Westgate. Center Ridge Road. Yeah, there used to be a Brown Derby in there. It was called the Rockport Brown Derby. Yeah, Rockport Road. And that, Rockport, was our, uh, that was our home away from home. Okay. And they were cool as hell with us because they were just like, as long as we've got money in the cash register, we don't care. Because you had to do dinner sets. Six sets a night meant like three dinner sets. And then you would play top 40 hits and try to keep people dancing. So they go, as long as you do your dinner sets and cover cover that, later on you can do whatever you want. So we would be doing full-blown Valkyrie shows at the at this Brown Derby. At the Brown Derby. And all our friends would come out. And we had these bikers that would follow us around and so they would show like, up. This is more like the, the, the restaurant part's kind of closed down. It's yeah. time to do like yeah. party and they were so cool they didn't care you know a lot of these when you're doing covers like when we played the agora back then it was in our contract that we were not allowed to play originals oh no it was we were under but we did we just didn't announce it and we they just, didn't know yeah we just like, ran who, one song who knows the better next. yeah just tell people yeah well, that was ufo back in 19 19- we would just run it, run it right into one song, right into another. We worked our originals in, you better believe it. Well, everybody that was there to see us wanted to hear our originals. It was just the, it was the politics that you had to work with back then. It was pretty messed up. So too. in Valkyrie, are you, are you guys recording like albums? I mean, like we, what's we going on? We released the 45. We went in the studio quite a bit. We recorded out at Beachwood. Uh, where else did we record? We recorded different time back then, right? I mean, like yeah. this isn't like it, it became later. It was harder to get a recording, and it was harder to. It cost a lot of money. Yeah, yeah was... somebody else paid for that one, and. And then um, we played it. We recorded at that place that was above the Agora. Maybe it was Take One or something. We recorded at several different studios. We did a deal with one of the studios where we let students record us, and we got free recording time too. So we did that. That's smart. Yeah, so we were doing the, the North Coast Girls, and we were doing road gigs. You know, we had there's this one I can tell a quick funny story about yeah, one please. one of the road gigs. We we played out in the uh, middle of nowhere. It was like either West Virginia or Kentucky or somewhere. And we're driving past. We, where is it? We passed. We drove past like four times. Couldn't even find the place or even the city. We're, we're like, you're, you're at this stop sign. 
you're in the state, and then you're the next stop sign, and you're out of the state. We're like, well, where is this place? Whereas we finally find the place. Um, so you, there wasn't even a restaurant in the vicinity. You had to cross the state border to get to this uh, to eat to have restaurant food. And we were going to be there for like a week. It was sort of a lounge gig, you know, a lounge rock gig. And they, when you get when you do road gigs, they always give you rooms. So we were five piece. We got three rooms, you know. So we get there, and the rooms is this little strip like of a few hotel rooms next to this building, and it's it's gross. I mean. It's dirty, nasty. The rust, the the water's rusty. It was just disgusting. So then we're playing. We we get, we're like, okay, well we're here. What are we gonna do? We're gonna play, you know. So we're under contract. We play the gig, and then you go in. They didn't when we set up. We didn't know the bar area was a different area. We go in there, and it's a funeral home. <laughs> oh my god! So it's a funeral home by day, rock club by night. So then the next day we're laying out in the field sunbathing, and all of a sudden there's these vultures flying over us and we realized it was all overgrown we realized we're sunbathing in the uh, the graveyard yeah no the graveyard <laughs> so that so that's like oh well this is the wildest gig ever so then the next night we're there so it's like the weekend i think we must have gone in on a wednesday or thursday it's a weekend night and um, everybody had a very thick southern accent all the people that were there and all of a sudden i, I hear this british accent in the bar so right away I make a beeline. I'm like, you're not from around here. What's going on? He goes, yeah, he's from he was from uh, Def Leppard, in the middle of this town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> really? Do you remember who it was? It was he was leaving. It's one of the early members mm-hmm. that quit. And I remember it was he was on his way to L. A. to go to the Olympics in L. A. So it was that year, whatever that was. Eighty, I think, right? It was an eighty. Uh, it would have been eighty-three, eighty-four, maybe. Oh, we okay. could find it, probably find later, but. Winter but, Olympics was eighty. Yeah, Summer Olympics was eighty-four. 84. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so and uh, he had he, was, he apparently had married some girl that lived in this town. So he was there to get a divorce, and then he was on his way to the Olympics. But in the middle of nowhere, in this little town, we meet the guitar player from Def Leppard. That's so. And cool. he comes over to this crappy hotel room of ours, and we partied with him all night. I don't know, we might have been tripping on acid, and we love to say that. <laughs> Oh, we yeah. were up all night or sure. doing something. We were partying all night with him, and he went on his merry way. So then we're the next gig, you know, we're there, and then we meet some of the locals, and they're going. One of the locals was supposedly a cousin of some famous country star, but I can't remember who the, who it was. But they go, "You're staying in that place over there," and we're like, "Yeah, we're staying in that place. It's so horrible." But I go, "Come on, you're coming with us." They took us to this place. Supposedly it was this guy's house, but I think it was probably the country music star's home, and he just wasn't there maybe. You know? And they let you stay there. Yeah, and it was amazing. This is the most amazing home that I ever saw in my life. You had to scale up this little road up this mountain, and then you get there, and it's inside the mountain, and it's just all glass walls, and it's looking out over I mean, we went from this hotel room that was so disgusting, we didn't yeah. want to sit on the toilet, to this beautiful... Crazy. Co- I know, this all happened in that one road gig to this little tiny place you know, in the south. That was one of the craziest things ever. And at that time, you're thinking, like, this is the way it is, right? This is the way things happen. And then, yeah, well... <laughs> you never live... These things never happen again for some reason, right? That is so cool, right? Yeah. I guess we were maybe, uh, you know, optimistic. Yeah. Well, no, everybody is. I think, you know, as you're, if you... When you're in these moments, it just feels like, you know, you're riding this wave and it's just always going to be like this. And then the synchronicity, you just you, you can't believe how, how quickly it all changes. But it's so cool that you get to experience stuff like that. The people were so cool. Just, they wanted yeah. to show us that we're not this isn't us. We're cool. You know, and they were. And it wasn't any kind of thing where, oh, yeah, you're going to have sex with us and say it. they were complete gentlemen. <laughs> no, they were, they were awesome. Right, it right. was great. It was one of the greatest. I wasn't thinking that, by the way. I just so we just. Well, uh, a lot of people, they invite you to stay at this house. Yeah, you, so like, is there strings attached? Strings you know, what's, attached. what's going on? A bunch of five young girls, you know. So you're you're 
How does Valkyrie end then? Completely? Well, actually, it ended when um, I got pregnant with my daughters. I have twins. Oh. Um, and um, when when I found out it was twins, I told them, I go, I'm not, guess what? I'm having twins. <laughs> and they were, it, it, we were kind of burned out, though, anyway. It wasn't just that. You know, everybody was just like, oh. Well, they, I wanted to keep going. I did not want to stop. Yeah. They're going, well, what happens if we make it really big? What are you going to do then? We have to do a major tour. I go, well, I'll hire a nanny. You know, I didn't yeah. see any problem with any of it, you know. But, you know, it, it, it was – we were done. We were just done. It was burned out. We were burned out. It reached we the end of that road, and that was it. Time yeah, to move just, on. Uh, that happens. You know, you know. Oh, yeah. Every band every band has its demise, Yeah. It seems like. Not everyone, but it's, uh, most of them do. We stayed friends for a very long time, and we would always – They, if you ever came to any of my birthday parties at Verley's, you probably saw them. They oh, would yeah. show up for my birthday parties, and we would jam together once a year for our birthdays, you know. So At the time when Valkyrie was out, too, was there a large blueprint of – the keyboard thing with the with the rock thing that for you that what you guys were specifically doing or were you kind of like making things your own as you go through this period in other words like i mean obviously there's emerson like in palmer there's 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 plenty of of the 70s prog to to look at at the time but this isn't the 70s anymore so are you guys are you kind of like reinventing you know i don't want to but are you are you are you having to come up with like new ideas? You know, this is the '80s too. I mean, too, yeah. where the keyboards are heard yeah. as a different instrument, oh, yeah. and most of that '80s music, it's real, you know, yeah. like bubblegummy type thing. And you're trying to play more of a serious, dramatic role right. in music. How how did you go about doing that? Like, what did you pull from exactly? And that was the thing too that was so discouraged. That was part of I think why we got so discouraged because we really didn't fit what was happening then. You know, the, you're talking about the keyboards. You yeah. know, there's ten thousand dollar Kurzweils and these guys are sitting there playing one note on it, and here's me, you know, trying to create chords it, on the. And what was ten thousand dollars in the early eighties? It was, uh, you know, so far out of my reach. It was yeah. unreal. Um, yeah, so we didn't fit the mold of what was happening. We didn't fit the mold around Cleveland. Here, this is another little thing about Cleveland. Back then, there was a definite group of people that controlled the Cleveland scene, like Otto Newberg was one of them. And he, Otto from Rich Venus, so we just yeah, talked about Yeah, you couldn't him. play the Agora unless you were with Otto. But actually, we ended up playing through our manager. later. He ended up, you know, changing his time. But early on... They were very much controlled what happened here, and they only promoted the bands that they thought were good. And honestly, a lot of them were kind of like Michael Stanley clones. Not that that's bad, you know. I, I know what you mean. Um, and but there was always safe. They were maybe, safe. Maybe or the, that was the Cleveland sound. They were pushing yeah. that as the Cleveland sound. But there was always diversity in Cleveland. There was always, you know, we were doing the prog thing. There was a band called the Adults back then. They were really a good band. There was there was uh, there's always been good there's something in the water you know it's that yeah, lake right. erie water you know it, it, that uh, that big geode out by the islands there it's, <laughs> no you're so, right i mean there has been always, always always a great scene so yeah um there was we were up against a lot and it just it just we were done we were just done fighting and so then after valkyrie is that like right around the time where verley's comes into play more no, like then i was home raising babies oh so, that, that, so now there's a so now there's a period of yeah. mom Momisms and being and, a But mom. I never stopped writing. Never stopped writing. I was writing, writing, writing the whole time. I mean, you're writing. You're writing lyrics and, and music together. Sometimes, uh, but a lot of times, I have my box of tapes. I always joke about this. Back then, I would, uh, you get the old timey drugstore cassette player. You press play and record, and then you press pause. So then, if you got an idea, all you have to do is hit pause, and you're rolling. 
So you know, those ideas would now you have your phone, you know, you just grab your phone. But back then, so th I would get those ideas, but then I would fill up the whole tape with ideas, and I'd flip it over, I'd fill up the whole other side of the tape, and then I'd throw it in the box, and then I just I have a box of, which I still to this day I have still never have all gone, that stuff. I had not gone through the box of tapes, and, and it's just like I was just writing, writing. It was just always coming, you know. And I wrote I wrote a couple songs for my daughters that later became part of my YouTube channel, children's music that came about later. Uh, yeah, so I, I was doing that for a long time. I did, I dabbled a little. I went and jammed with various, uh, you know, original bands, but I never found anything that really clicked for a long time after that. And I, w but I would still go to jam nights too. You know, I, was, I would go to the, you know, the different jam nights. I used to go to the Brothers and jam with, you know, Robert Jr. Lockwood. Oh no shit! I used to jam with Robert Jr. down at the uh, the uh, Rockwell Inn and jam with Glenn Schwartz down there. You know, all these big blues guys around there, and a lot of the people that were in my group like the metal guys for instance or even you know the lounge rock people cover band people i don't think that they really know any of the blues guys and vice versa but i was always dipping everywhere you know so i was going to the jams and one of one of my favorite jams and my favorite clubs this is we're now we're fast forwarding to maybe mid late 90s now uh you know one of my favorite clubs was the bottom line you know so i used to go there off and it was not far from verley's you know and back then verley's closed at one so we closed out verley's and head over to the bottom line they were having bands and they had a jam night and at that time, Kenny Easterly was playing drums for the host jam band, and Mark Alexander was playing bass for the host Purgatory jam band. Purgatory Boys. Yeah. So that's when I met them, and I started mixing it up with them a lot. And another guy, Hank Liebold, who uh, he's passed on now too, but he's another one of that, that group. He and Mark actually would go way back, all the way to like junior high. They grew up together, and he's a, he was an excellent bass player, prog and metal guy too. Played with the pick was always interesting thing about Hank. But killer, I mean, killer musicians, you know. I really, honestly, I didn't know much about Purgatory. I'd heard the name, but I honestly didn't really know much about him because I was doing the mom thing. I wasn't yeah. out in the clubs seeing the this point though, Easterly had already done oh, Mystic, yeah. so these guys had done other things. And, it's and, and, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. all in the rear view for all right, of us. Right. So then they're getting together a UFO tribute band, and it's going to be Kenny Easterly on drums, uh, Hank Liebold on bass, uh, Greg Perry from Purgatory on guitar, guitar and Jimmy Haymar of Breaker as the <laughs> wow. singer. I, I know. It's amazing. It's like all stars. Because I said I'd never do a cover band again, but they, you know, they said, well, they dragged you yeah, in. They're they like, didn't have to drag me. Yeah. As soon as I heard Jimmy was going to be the singer, because we know Jimmy from way back. Breaker. Breaker. Breaker and Valkyrie were friends. Uh, Jimmy used to come to our gigs and sit in with us and stuff. I mean, I think he even dated our lead singer at one time. You oh. know? We, so we're old friends. And Jimmy's a John Marshall person, too. He went to John Marshall, too. So... And I heard Jimmy was going to be, because I think, hands down, I think Jimmy is probably the best singer in Cleveland. Definitely the, the best metal singer. So I had a chance to be jam with Jimmy and these guys, too, who were all great. It's like, and I, if I'm really honest, I was hoping that it would turn into an original project. Like, well, yeah, I'll do the UFO thing, and then maybe, you know, but yeah, it never yeah. did. Yeah. But, you know, it was still a great, fun experience and playing with some great guys. We started out, we learned just the live album. We would play that live album start to finish, uh, the UFO live album. And then we started ending, uh, doing a lot of MSG and adding that to our set. Oh. And that was fun. That'd when we got into the MSG, I was like, yeah, now this I can... I can I like playing this. Well, I love playing with those guys, and we're still all friends too. You know, I'm still friends, with that. especially Kenny. I'm friends with him for sure. Still, I see him often. Yeah, yeah, Kenny's a great guy. Mm -hmm. Don't live far from me. I'm <laughs> um, sorry, anyway. So, Burley's happens. Yeah. We get through that. Yeah. You come out of Burley's. This is this is a while ago now. I mean, fifteen years. Yeah, almost. fifteen 14. years. So 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 what's happened with Vicky the last fourteen years? 
Well, this is what people know, don't know. I'd already had been in doing the internet with the YouTube, putting the YouTube music up on YouTube, you know, uh, for the bar. You know, I was putting that up. So I just started putting up keyboard lessons. I mean, and people were going crazy for these organ and keyboard lessons, just little tips, you know, not learning songs or anything but that. So I just started delving more and more into YouTube. And then I was working for a lady. I Also, I did flash animation. I did that before my brother died. I was out of, I was doing graphics. I was out of the oh. bar business. I was doing flash animation. I went to school to try to see, and I got. A, oh. I was doing graphics for a lot of years, and uh, but my brother died, and, and boom, I went to the bar. So then I'm like, well, Flash is kind of over, but I do know animation, and this I got a gig with this lady out of state through the internet, and she was doing like uh, old King Cole and you know copyright free children's music. Somebody else recorded, it and she wanted me to do the animation for it. So I did that for a while, and I'm just like, hey, I got all this children's music. I'm gonna. Why don't I just put my own children's music out there and you know, do the animation. So I did. And I mean, some of those, my one has a half a million views. One of my children's music song. It's crazy. Yeah. It really took off. It's big in China. I was, I'm big in Japan, (laughs) (laughs) but I found out why it's because they use it to teach kids English over there. Oh, that makes sense then. So then I just started putting some of my original music on too. I have, I have several different YouTube channels and that's what I've been doing through. I, I posted a John Lord tribute when he passed a medley of me playing a bunch of John purple. Yeah. One of my, all-time heroes, John Lord, rock organ player, rock organ yeah. too, because that's what I. One of the best, the best ever do it. But you know, Lenny D, and then I see, I hear John Lord, I go, oh, organ can be cool. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I do want to play the organ. After Mixing I, it with guitar sound and everything, yeah, and like just, he did. Oh, yeah, sticking forks in her. That oh, was right. Keith Emerson sticking forks in it. But um, yeah. So uh, I did this deep purple tribute, a uh, medley when uh, John Lord died, and I got these offers from these German bands. One was from Germany, and one was from Sweden. They're like, "Oh, we love your play. You want to play with us on our album?" So I did. I played on. I did a distance, long distance recording. Back and forth. Yeah, they sent emails. me. We were just sending files over the internet. So I'm on a. I don't. I never got a copy of either one. They sent me a tape, <laughs> of, but I don't even know where it's at anymore. That was probably like right after Verley's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got to do a lot of fun things, and I yeah. like that. You know, I like. I like being diverse. I don't want to be stuck with any one thing at this point. You know, I like jamming with people. You've been down a lot of roads so far. You've done a lot. I mean, like, now you're kind of doing what it is you want to do, and that's it, right? It's me, you know. And, again, it's not like being a rock star. It's just I got the box of tapes. So what happened with I get a computer? When I got the computers came about, I was just like, I'm going to get that box of tapes, and I'm going to go through every – I never touched the box of tapes because it keeps coming. It's a never-ending stream, you know, and, yeah. and now instead of a box of tapes, so I have... It's a, about what's coming next, not what you did before. I have a file folder full of MP3s and, you know, uh, WAV files. But that's, so that's why I've been starting to release my singles in my, you know, my own music. I'm just like, well, I should just go in those folders and just start releasing instrumentals. Why not, you know? So people could find all this stuff basically on YouTube. Yeah. Are you on, like, Spotify and stuff like that, yeah, too? Yeah, I have, have you Spotify, put it Apple Music, all that. I'm on all the music stations, and I have uh, YouTube. Uh, I just finally grabbed i just created a vicky verley music on youtube and i have all the stuff from all the different youtube channels because i had them all over there i had them on my first one i have i have three different channels that has my music on it so now from here on out vicky verley music on youtube will have everything and my name it's just on spotify i'm just under my name vicky okay. easy to find excellent Vicky, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank you for doing this. I had a blast. For I had a blast. I had a blast too. But you're not only what you did, you know, helping, thanks. you know, giving appreciate me a little publicity, but what you're doing for Cleveland. I think it's just that. so awesome. Yeah, we appreciate that. We work hard uh, doing this thing, but but it's been, I think, more fun for us than anybody. Cool. Meeting all you cool people. Nice. We are done for this week. Hope Wait. you guys enjoyed this I'm one. I'm in the band. <laughs>
That's the first time I ever done that. I had to do that. We will see you guys next week. We're out. That'll be fine. <laughs>